Grace, mercy, and peace are yours from God the Father and from the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The Word of God, which we will consider today, is our epistle lesson. It's recorded in the sixth chapter of the Apostle Paul's letter to the Romans, beginning at verse 19. And we read as follows in Jesus' name. I speak in human terms because of the weakness of your flesh. For just as you presented your members as slaves of uncleanness and of lawlessness, leading to more lawlessness, so now present your members as slaves of righteousness for holiness. For when you were slaves of sin, you were free in regard to righteousness. What fruit did you have then in the things of which you are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. But now having been set free from sin and having become slaves of God, you have your fruit to holiness and the end everlasting life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. These are the words. Heavenly Father, sanctify us by the truth. Your word is truth. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ, your fellow redeemed, the buying and the selling and the owning of fellow human beings is really a dark blemish on the history of our nation. And it took, we know, a very bloody civil war to put an end to the practice of slavery in our country. Nonetheless, slavery does continue right up to the present time in other various places in the world. What an awful thing to have to be a slave to another person. With that in mind, the words chosen for our sermon theme today may seem quite strange, for those words are a happy enslavement. Those two words appear to be what we would call an oxymoron, that is, These two words placed side by side don't seem to have anything to do with each other. Sort of like valuable junk or underabundance or routine emergency. How could slavery and happiness ever be paired off together? After all, a slave is a person who's mastered and controlled by someone else. So a slave has no personal freedom. A slave's will is not his own. His actions are not dictated by his own desires, but rather by the one who owns him and holds him in bondage. A slave is subject to punishment for the smallest infraction. He can be killed if he tries to break away to freedom. And yet, as the Apostle Paul describes our condition under our Lord Jesus Christ, those two words really do fit together very well. Our status as believers in Christ is rightly called a happy enslavement. And that is so, for if we are slaves to our Lord, it means we've been set free from sin. And if we are slaves to our Lord, it means that we are slaves of righteousness. 
A person who is a slave belonging to Jesus Christ, we say, is in a happy sort of enslavement. For that person has been set free from sin and the end, which sin always brings, and that is death. Having become a slave to Jesus Christ by faith in him, we are now free from the evil fruit which sin produces in our lives. Paul writes, For when you were slaves of sin, you were free in regard to righteousness. What fruit did you have then in the things of which you are now ashamed? Here the apostle reminds the Romans that before they were converted to faith in Jesus, they were free from the control of righteousness. That is, they did not feel the force of God's holy will in their lives, telling them to lead decent and honest and sexually moral and productive lives. They were free from all those things, but they were really slaves to sin. Now when they looked back on that free, supposedly free life they lived previously, they felt embarrassed and full of shame. Paul wanted them to feel this remorse so that they would now feel all the more wonderful it is to be really free from sin and the fruit that it produces in a person's life. From a distance, that fruit produced by a bad tree might actually look quite good. But it's when we touch it and try to eat it that we see that it is really hollow and its taste is bitter. So also a life lived in slavery to sin might at times look appealing, but from a distance. When it's examined, though, we see that it really doesn't produce anything. King Solomon of the Old Testament attempted to live that kind of life. In the book of Ecclesiastes, he recounts his efforts at pursuing such a life. He writes, I thought in my heart, Come now, I will test you with pleasure to find out what is good. I denied myself nothing my eyes desired. I refused my heart no pleasure. Yet when I surveyed all that my hands had done and what I had toiled to achieve, everything was meaningless, a chasing after the wind. Nothing was gained under the sun. To be in a state of happy slavery means also that we are free from the end to which such a life must lead, and that is death. For the end of those things is death, Paul says here in our text. Death always involves a separation. Physical death is the separation of the soul from the physical body. Spiritual death is the separation spiritually of the sinner from God, and then eternal death is the everlasting separation of both the body and the soul from God. The wages of sin is death. That's what a slave to sin gets at the end of his life, everlasting separation from God, eternal shame, eternal pain in hell. Happy is the slave who can look back on all of that and say, oh, I'm free. I no longer have to live a shameful and empty kind of life. I no longer have to live 
always dreading death and the everlasting separation of God that it would bring. One commentator put it this way, that a Christian is one who now sees that the entire atmosphere of the world, apart from God, is filled with death. The world and its goals and desires and its joys and pleasures, in its griefs and pain, in its art and philosophy, in its beauty and truth, over all of it settles the cloud of death. Embrace the world in its ravishing beauty. Press your lips against it. Only the Christian has the vision to see that you are really embracing a skeleton and pressing your lips against decaying bone. The slave who sees all of this and knows that he's free from it is truly a happy slave. Now, we might picture freedom from slavery as being freedom from any sort of master whatsoever, but we know there's no such thing as absolute freedom. As the songwriter put it, you're going to have to serve somebody. Spiritually, the question isn't, will I be free? Rather, the question is, who will be my master? The person who becomes a Christian remains a slave, but he's changed masters. And so secondly, we say that happy enslavement being, means being enslaved to God and his righteousness. Just as there are fruits of slavery to sin, evil and empty fruit, so also there are fruits produced by slavery to God. So Paul goes on, but now having been set free from sin, and having become slaves of God, you have your fruit to holiness. What is that fruit produced by a life lived in harmony with God through faith in Christ? What is this fruit to holiness Paul speaks of? I speak in human terms because of the weakness of your flesh, he writes, for just as you presented your members as slaves of uncleanness and of lawlessness leading to more lawlessness, so now present your members as slaves of righteousness to holiness. Remember Solomon in the Old Testament referred to his previous life pursuing pleasure as a toil. He had to work at it. He had to strive to do everything his own heart told him to do in order to achieve some happiness. Now the slave to Christ devotes himself with equal effort to pleasing Christ and serving him. It's true, the old Adam in us, that old sinful nature that clings to us, doesn't like that idea. For that means that we would resist our own will and our own desires and let God's will guide us and direct us in every way. When we find ourselves balking at that, then we should again refocus our eyes and look again at our new master, and that's Jesus Christ. He's the one who set us free. He said, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly of heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. 
Our new master loved each of us so much that he was willing to come into this world of slavery to sin. He was willing to come and even entangle himself in the terrible web of our sins and would even be tied up in the cords of death for us in order to set us free from our sin and from its fruit and its end. Jesus took upon himself every bit of our guilt and he faced fully God's fierce abandonment in our place on the cross and he died there for each of us. And because we could not have chosen him to be our master, he lovingly chose us to be his slaves. He did that by calling us to faith in him through the gospel and through by the working of the Holy Spirit brought us to believe in him and to love him as the one who set us free. By faith, Jesus' own holiness is credited as being ours. And now by faith, we stand as righteous before God for his sake. His gospel, his good news of our forgiveness then, is what motivates us to live every day as happy slaves, pursuing and striving all the time to produce the fruits which grow from being connected to and covered by his holiness. Happy enslavement means being slaves to him in this life and then receiving his ultimate gift, eternal life in heaven. The apostle says, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Having the risen and living Son of God as our own Lord and Master, we now see physical death as but the passage which leads us into life that won't end in heaven. We no longer dread death, for Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live, and whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Being a happy slave to Christ now means that when that happens, we will see God face to face. It means that we will live forever in his presence where there is no more pain and no more sorrow. Where, the psalmist said, in your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. May God the Holy Spirit keep us and preserve us in such a happy enslavement through faith in Jesus Christ, who set us free, forgiving all of our sins and promising us life everlasting. Amen. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and shall be forevermore. Amen. Please rise now as we... Uh, sing the offertory and as the ushers bring forth the offering plates to the altar.